this was after school. I would go up there and spend three hours in the gym, and that was, God, I must have been starting around 12. But most everybody else was adults, you know. So, except my sister, because she was only 16, too. Welcome to another edition of Lady Wrestler, the story behind the story. This podcast gives you an exclusive behind the scenes look at the documentary Lady Wrestler, the amazing untold story of African-American women in the ring. The documentary chronicles the accomplishments of black women who broke racial and gender boundaries in the male dominated wrestling business in the 1950s, 60s and 70s. I'm Chris Borne and I directed the documentary. That voice you heard at the beginning was wrestling legend Ethel Johnson, describing how she and her older sister Babs Wingo trained as wrestlers in their hometown of Columbus, Ohio in the 50s. Babs and Ethel were among the first African-American women recruited by notorious wrestling promoter Billy Wolf, who was credited with launching the golden age of women's wrestling, which spanned the 1930s through the 1950s. When you hear Columbus, Ohio, what comes to mind may not be a chocolate city or a city brimming over with black culture like Harlem, Detroit, Atlanta, or Washington, DC. But for those who may not be familiar with Columbus, which happens to be my hometown too, the city has a fairly significant African-American population and has made rich contributions to black culture and to American culture in general. Columbus was the birthplace not only of many of the African-American women who integrated women's wrestling in the 1950s, but many famous Black people in many different industries. That list includes jazz singer Nancy Wilson, Miami Vice star Philip Michael Thomas, rapper and actor Shad Lil Bow Wow Moss, and award-winning journalist and author Will Haygood. Haygood wrote the Washington Post article on which the Oscar-nominated movie, The Butler, starring Oprah Winfrey and Forrest Whitaker, was based. And that's a short list of prominent African-Americans from Columbus, Ohio. To gain a better understanding of Columbus and its role in the nation's history, here's a snapshot of demographics of Columbus and the state of Ohio. Based on the latest 2020 data from the U.S. Census, Columbus's current population is 898,553, nearly a million people. Columbus, Ohio is the 14th largest city in the U.S., according to BiggestUSCities.com. Columbus has grown 25% since the year 2000. Columbus is growing faster than 68% of similarly sized cities since 2000. Columbus is the biggest city in the state of Ohio based on population. The second largest city, Cleveland, is 42% the size of Columbus with a population of 381,000 in the 2020 census. And another Ohio city with nationwide name recognition, Cincinnati, has a current population of 303,940. Blacks currently make up 29% of Columbus's population, 
with 260,000 people, according to the U.S. Census Bureau and the website datausa.io. The history of African Americans in Ohio spans back as early as 1803, when an estimated 337 Black people lived in the state, according to blackdemographics.com. By 1850, 25,279 African Americans lived in Ohio, and there were 3.6 million African Americans living in the entire United States, according to blackdemographics.com. Ohio was a major stop on the Underground Railroad, serving as an escape route for nearly 40,000 enslaved African Americans throughout the 19th century. Ohio was the site of a lot of firsts for African Americans. Blackdemographics.com states that in 1850, a woman named Lucy Sessions became the first African American woman to graduate from Ohio's Oberlin College and to be awarded a college degree from an American college. In 1851, Sojourner Truth gave her famous Ain't I a Woman speech at the Woman's Convention in Akron. Fast forward a century later. By 1950, there were 513,072 African Americans in Ohio and 15 million African Americans overall in the United States. Ichabod Flewellen in 1953 founded the first independent African-American museum in Cleveland. Dorothy Dandridge, a Cleveland native, won an Academy Award for her role as Carmen Jones in 1954, paving the way for another Cleveland native, Halle Berry, to win an Academy Award in 2002. And of course, Halle Berry portrayed Dorothy Dandridge in the movie Introducing Dorothy Dandridge. In 1950, Columbus, located a couple hours south of Cleveland, had a Black population that represented 12.3% of the city's total population that year, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. As in other cities around the U.S., Columbus was plagued by segregation and racial strife throughout much of the city's early history. According to the Ohio History Connection, the statewide history organization, the social inequities prevalent in the South could also be found in the North. Although the Ohio Accommodations Law of 1884 banned discrimination on the basis of race, segregation was still practiced in Ohio through the 1950s at skating rinks, pools, hotels, and restaurants. Ohio sought to remove such segregations by creating the Ohio Civil Rights Commission in 1959. Its purpose was to monitor and enforce the law preventing discrimination in employment. Considering the limited opportunities for African-Americans, not only in Columbus, but around the nation in the mid 20th century, it makes all the more remarkable the achievements of African-American women who integrated pro wrestling in the 1950s. Women such as sisters Babs Wingo, Ethel Johnson, and Marva Scott, and their contemporaries that include Ramona Isbell and Kathleen Wembley. After a short break, we'll learn why Columbus's location in the center of the country may have been a major factor in why the city became the birthplace of women's wrestling. So how did Columbus, Ohio, a mid-sized Midwestern city, 
that is considered flyover territory become the birthplace of the golden age of women's wrestling, which spanned from the 1930s through the 1950s. Why did notorious wrestling promoter Billy Wolf, a native of Missouri, end up settling in Ohio's capital city in the 30s with his wife, Mildred Burke, the first women's world wrestling champion? Billy and Mildred could have chosen a major metropolis like New York or Los Angeles, or even a Midwestern city that had more name recognition, such as Cleveland, Cincinnati, Detroit, or Chicago. So why Columbus? Well, the answer might lie in Columbus's location smack dab in the middle, as we say here in the Midwest. Ohio's capital city is within a two-day drive of 77% of the U.S. population, according to odwlogistics.com. Columbus is also home to one of the only airports in the world that is almost solely dedicated to cargo shipments, Rickenbacker International Airport. The airport is also known as an integral part of the North American International Freight Center, which is a collection of world-class logistics assets in the Columbus region. Columbus is also home to two other airports, the major passenger airport in the region, Columbus International, and the Ohio State University Airport, once known as Don Scott Field, named in honor of the former All-American athlete who died in a bomber crash in England on October 1st, 1943, during World War II. Here are some quick facts that the website odwlogistics.com shares about Columbus. The city offers access to 46% of the U.S. population and 46% of the U.S. manufacturing capacity with a 10-hour truck drive. The city is crossed by eight major interstate highways. Columbus is host to routes to premier air cargo hubs in Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Considering its convenient central location, Columbus served as a good base of operations for Billy Wolf and Al Haft, another promoter who was essential in elevating women's wrestling to world-class status. Being based in Columbus, the women wrestlers whom Billy and Al promoted were able to drive to wrestling matches around the country in just a few days time or less. And remember, the wrestlers were traveling the country by car before the interstate highway system began being built in the late 1950s. After another quick break, we'll learn how women's wrestling came out of Columbus's long history as a test lab for new things, the likes of which the world had never seen before. Why was women's wrestling, which was considered a novelty when it began gaining popularity in the 1930s, ideally suited for a city like Columbus, Ohio, which I'm sure many people would think of as a conservative place? Columbus, however, in fact, has a long history as an incubator for innovation. With a variety of retail outlets and industries, from banks and insurance companies to fast food chains like Wendy's International, as well as major healthcare companies like Mount Carmel Health and an internationally recognized research university, Ohio State, 
Columbus offers desirable demographics to companies looking to gauge how the average consumer will respond to new products. Over the decades, Columbus has been a test market for products ranging from the first ATM to Cube TV, an early interactive form of cable television in the 70s. In an interview with National Public Radio that aired in 2009, Ohio State University marketing professor Neely Bindapudi offered this explanation on what makes Columbus an in-demand test market. Quote, Columbus, Middle America, it was the idea that it truly was representative of the broader trends of the nation. And of course, it's not just that. You want to make sure that it's a location where it's not dominated by one employer or one cause, because you want to get a variety of opinions there. Maybe it's the demographics of the people that you're trying to reach, and also a variety of shopping outlets and a variety of media outlets, so you can see how it, your potential product, would actually play." Close quote. By serving as a representative sample for Middle America, it made sense that Columbus would be the breeding ground for a new form of entertainment, women's wrestling, in the middle of the 20th century. On the next edition of Lady Wrestler, the story behind the story, part two of how Columbus became the birthplace of women's wrestling. Learn about the city's role in sports history, nurturing talents such as Olympic legend Jesse Owens, serving as the home base for the national championship winning Ohio State Buckeyes, and hosting international movie star and fitness icon Arnold Schwarzenegger's annual International Fitness Expo. That's next time on Lady Wrestler, the story behind the story. Please rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to catch the documentary Lady Wrestler on Amazon Prime Video. Thank you for listening. Catch you next time.